The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Sharp Lessons. We are Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. You can find us anywhere that you find your podcast. He's Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. And Nate, uh, it's been a crazy day in the office. Got NBA trades. You got NBA coaching signings. You have NFL trades. There's just so much going on right now. Yeah, NFL trades. So we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. So if any news happens before the deadline, by the time you're listening to this, that impacts lines, just know that we didn't know about it. But Usually in the NFL, a, a player, unless it's a, a impact wide receiver, probably won't uh, change the line right now because quarterbacks don't get moved this time of year. So don't think much will change, but you never know. I saw this morning with the Lions t- trading TJ Hawkinson, the Packers going from minus three to minus three and a half across the board. So that's just something to keep in mind that there might be some half point differences uh, based on some of the moves today. Yeah, it's um uh, kind of crazy. It's been it's been nuts seeing everything going down, but we do have some uh, lines that we picked up in college and some lines that we're looking at in the NFL. We got a Thursday night game talk, so we get we still got stuff to talk about. And of course, on Thursdays, Nate, we're gonna have uh, our picks Thursday. So it's good to be back in person again. Good to be back from Detroit. Um, I'm filled up on all that uh, Detroit style pizza, which. You know, it's good. I, I thought I was going to hate it as a Chicago guy who loves deep dish, but I, I can't say bad things about Detroit-style pizza right now. Interesting. Is it like Jets pizza, or is it is – it, I don't even know if we that's went to a, Buddy's a national pizza. thing. It's, okay. uh, it's been there since was it similar to, like, the Jets pizza? Yes, but it was more more authentic, more authentically Detroit. You know, we had to walk sense. through downtown to get there. We, we, we ate in the restaurant. <laughs> it was good. It's good pizza. I highly recommend anyone who wants a Detroit-style pizza. It's kind of like – like a pan pizza. It's pretty solid. Um, let's look at some of these college college lines, though, Nate, because it was an uh, interesting weekend in college this weekend. Not a lot of the marquee games that we're used to for the past couple weeks, but they're still, you know, we're going to get probably a one versus two in Tennessee and Georgia, depending on how the college football rankings go up. Um, there's also some pretty decently good quality games in terms of line movement going on and I think one of those games that you put on our list that we wanted to look at is that Texas Kansas State game because Texas has gone from a pick to a minus two and a half favorite against Kansas State they're playing in Manhattan Kansas and I think if you're someone who's just kind of casually watching college football you see this and you see Kansas State coming off a huge blowout win against Oklahoma State Texas you never really know what you're going to get with them I think you would look at this line, you'd be a little surprised that Texas has moved from a pick to almost a field goal favorite. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head. So I think one thing to keep in, in mind here is both teams have recently played Oklahoma State. Two weeks ago before Texas by, they play at Stillwater, and they close as a six-point favorite at Oklahoma State. Last week, Kansas State only closed a small favorite at home against Oklahoma State. There were some injury concerns of Kansas State, like who was going to start a quarterback. It ended up being the backup Will Howard for Adrian Martinez, and obviously he was fine in that 48 nothing win. And Deuce Vaughn, their running back, ended up playing. I know he was banged up against TCU. So basically the line last week indicated that Kansas State and Oklahoma State were pretty equal teams. So if Texas was minus six against Oklahoma State – 
now at Kansas State, you feel like they should be kind of close to six. But then what has changed since then? Texas and Quinn Ewers did not look good at Oklahoma State, especially Ewers in his first road start. Kansas State go out, win 48 nothing against Oklahoma State, and I think that's the reason why this open pick uh, worldwide and, and the world openers, at, or at least the Circa opener in Las Vegas on Sunday morning. So I think Kansas State was kind of getting a lot of respect off that, but professional bettors went out and laid the small number on Texas as a small favorite, got it out to three before there was some buyback on two and a half. I think that just shows that Texas, despite having three losses, are still a very respected team in the betting market, even though on the surface and record-wise they've kind of disappointed. Yeah, it's uh, when you look at this, and I think I'm starting to convince myself too to take Texas a little bit more and more as I look into this game, and the situation really does point towards Texas probably winning this game. But yeah, I know I know how high you are in Kansas State. I know you want uh, them to keep winning, so I understand you not wanting to be on the Texas side for this game, or even just like you know laying off and, and not betting a game like this. But if this stays under a field goal, I, I might have to hit the Longhorns. Yeah, I wouldn't talk you out of it. I'm personally going to stay away because I do have some Kansas State futures. I really I wish they would have beat TCU that that game. I think it was in Week 8, which was a best bet. But I, I'm rooting for Kansas State, but I wouldn't be betting them, I guess, in this situation um, as just a small underdog at home. But I, I really hope they win. The one thing you can count on for Texas football is uh, they are consistently inconsistent. So. You know, you're coming off a, a bye, and you know how I like teams coming off a bye. Yeah. Uh, you're coming off a loss to Oklahoma State, as you just mentioned. You, this is, you know, it's not like a game where you're like, oh, they must win. This is a must-win game, and you never really bet. You shouldn't really bet that way. Also, you know, teams that must win, because every, every team should win. But I think the situation does really point towards Texas. And, you know, Quinn Ewers is uh, he's a toss-up. I don't know. I don't know. You should right. believe in Quinn Ewers. Well, that's the thing. We've seen some real special moments from him, and I think a lot of it's being propped up by how they blew out Oklahoma in that game. But Oklahoma didn't have their starting quarterback in Dylan Gabriel, so yeah, right. that game got out of hand, and, and Oklahoma's defense is not very good. I, I know talent-wise, if you just look depth chart, roster, if you recruiting stars, Texas definitely the better, more talented team. But Kansas State, a really well-coached team. It's a night game in Manhattan, tough place to play. I'm, I'm definitely fascinated to watch this game. Maybe the, the casual fan isn't as excited, but I'm very stoked to watch the game and see how this plays out, especially since Kansas State's coming off their performance of this season. You know the game that I am stoked to watch? Oh, is yeah, this is the game of the year. Tennessee at Georgia. And I'm hoping, because as of this recording, they haven't come out with the uh, official college football playoff rankings, but I'm right. hoping it's going to be one and two for Tennessee, Georgia. I don't see – I mean, I could I, see maybe them putting like Ohio State in there, but I would love – I think, and I think will. they will for TV purposes, putting Tennessee, Georgia in there. You know that's a very <laughs> strong possibility, and I think it'll be Tennessee one and then either Georgia two or three, depending on how they see Ohio State. Yeah, so uh, that line – understandably has uh, moved in favor of Tennessee they started as an 11 and a half point underdog and even I saw this on Sunday and I'm like there is no way they're making Tennessee a double digit underdog going to Georgia and the betters agreed the market agrees and that move uh, that line has now moved to plus eight it's a tough number now. It's a tough yep, number. Absolutely. Tennessee looked really good against Kentucky, and I was on Kentucky last week, and I I talked about how I like Kentucky off a of bye, and they just got absolutely stomped by Tennessee. So 
I don't know if this is the week to back Tennessee for me, and and this is going to be a pretty big test for Georgia, which hasn't really been tested in a little bit this season. So maybe Tennessee can go on the road and give Georgia can give Georgia a game, but eight points now that it's down to you know basically one possession, one score. I'm leaning Georgia a little bit with this one. Yeah, I think you hit on the head again. So eight and a half, completely different situations than double digits. You just kind of look at what Tennessee was against Alabama just a few weeks ago, a team that's pretty similarly rated to Georgia. And Tennessee closes an eight and a half point home underdog against Alabama. Obviously, they go out and win the game, so you can upgrade Tennessee from that. You can also upgrade them off the demolition of Kentucky last week. But now is it kind of getting to the point where maybe there's some value on Georgia at under single digits? I don't think that's really the case. I think this number is really good. But if it did get to Georgia minus seven, it'd be a completely different conversation. And I feel like if I had to bet the game, I'd look to the Georgia side. But because Tennessee is the popular team, the flavor of the month, now a ratings darling in college football and likely Mm going to be the number one team by the time this game is played, I feel like there's a, a chance that this could get to uh, minus seven for Georgia and Ooh. Georgia and Athens and like Georgia has played really well. I just feel like no one's really been talking about them because against Florida they get out to that dominating start, then they kind of lull for five minutes, realize yeah. the one score game, and then go out and and destroy Florida. So I feel like this could be a I don't know about a sell high or a buy low, but I feel like if it gets to minus seven, I might have to take Georgia in this game. I'm looking first half, and I'm looking towards Tennessee first half, um, simply because we have seen Georgia start slow in a lot of their games, even against uh, much weaker opponents. Kent State they started slow, so I, I know this is a big game, and they're going to be waking up for a big game. Yeah. Maybe that's their issue is they they can't wake up for some of the smaller games, which is understandable, but. I think Tennessee is good enough to hang with Georgia for at least a half. Theoretically, they should be able to. Their offense is good enough to hang with anyone in the country for at least a half, let alone a, like, like a Georgia team where they should at least be maybe even a you know, one-touchdown underdog. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think Tennessee is – they're not going to be fearful of this moment. I just wonder how they kind of play – going on the road after having kind of all their big games at home recently and yep. after being at home for so long and then hitting the uh, hitting the road a, a raucous stadium it's going to be in Athens on Saturday afternoon just wonder how they kind of respond to that early and it, I honestly if, if Tennessee does do well in the first half and you like the first half I'd also be betting the full game because Georgia isn't the like the prototypical team like Alabama who can like come back really quickly with Stetson Bennett as their quarterback because it's right. a lot of running and throwing to tight end short passes. They're not like big uh, field stretchers that maybe Alabama kind of has on the outside and Bryce Young just like a more dynamic quarterback. So if you do like Tennessee first half, I'm not going to talk you out of that, but I'd also bet the full game Tennessee because I think if Tennessee is playing well in the first half that they have a good chance of covering the full game spread. Yeah, I would also probably even look towards the Tennessee team total. I love an underdog team total, and especially over. when that underdog is Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, go over. I mean, this is an offense we just talked about. They, they can go off whenever they want, and we know how good Hendon Hooker can be and how fast and up pace the balls move. Uh, team total for Tennessee is not, not the worst option, I don't think, and it may be a little bit low because we know how good Georgia's defense can be. Um, that might be a spot that, that would be nice to hit. Yeah, I'm guessing it'll be 
over 28 but less than 31 just kind of thinking about the spread and and total yeah, right. off the top of my head yeah no i'd, I'd love to if it's under 30 i'm i'm definitely gonna hit that tennessee total uh do you have any talking out games for college any any games you have your eye on i got one yeah there's a there's a big game and wait, we'll go first so i want to see if we have the same one uh it's a big 10 game maryland okay, and not. wisconsin <laughs> oh boy oh, and I, I just i'm not sure why maryland's five and a half point underdogs to wisconsin on the road i get but yeah. these two teams are i can see a why. little even maryland really hasn't had an awful loss this season I, I i think it should be closer i think it should be within a field goal for these two teams wisconsin hasn't impressed me i thought they were going to be better with the coaching change but they haven't been i i don't know i, I just i, I, I mean they with, went out and, and destroyed purdue and the game was closer than it looked like and they're off a bye so i i think wisconsin should be getting the credit that they deserve with a new coach who's like truly trying to like try out for this job. Yeah, he is for for sure. But I, you know, I think with especially with Tiger Viloa going to be supposedly healthy, he's probable for this game. Okay, I, I I think five and a half is too much. Five and a half is too much. I'm interested to see where this line moves because if by Thursday they're still five and a half, I'm going to make that a bet for sure. Maybe even a best bet for Maryland. Yeah, I would actually lean Wisconsin just because. Think Wisconsin just physicality against Maryland's defense. I just I, there's also something about like Maryland and kind of also in college basketball like not trusting Maryland to play well in the Midwest just because it's like a long travel. They're not really sure. familiar with that. There's going to be probably be cold, windy weather at Cap Randall on Saturday. So it's just kind of that like weird dynamic of of non traditional Big Ten teams mm-hmm. having to play in in areas that they're not used to because they're not in the same division. So I'm not really sure if Maryland's had a trip to Madison in their time in the Big Ten. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see the uh, the history of that one. What were the two other games you were? Well, just one, one other game you I, want to talk well, about. Two big games. I, I don't think I don't have nothing really on on bam lsu i think the line's right at at 13 yeah uh 13 and a half i think it got bet up too but clemson um and the spread was minus three for like a second yesterday against notre dame at notre dame and now i think it's more like four four and a half i just think that i don't know what to make of this game because both teams just played syracuse yep clemson was a 14 point favorite at home against syracuse last week notre dame played syracuse and the line closed like a pick or Syracuse small favorite, and the Syracuse quarterback got hurt, mm-hmm. so Notre Dame ended up winning. I mean, they could have maybe won anyway. But now that the line is, is pretty low at, you know, th- th- four, I guess, three and a half for Clemson, I feel like this could be a, an opportunity to take Clemson off the bye against a Notre Dame team who's had very mixed results this year, especially, I mean, they've had horrible results at home, losing to Marshall, yep. losing to Stanford, so... I don't know. I have a little bit of interest in Clemson, especially if that's gets somehow back down to minus three. Yeah, it's a good, you know, buy, buy low spot for Clemson for for this number. Yeah, just based on like recent point spreads against a common opponent opponent in Syracuse, and I know Clemson didn't cover against Syracuse, but there was that fourteen point swing when Clemson is on the doorstep of scoring a touchdown, and then DJU fumbles, and they mm-hmm. return for a, a touchdown Syracuse defensive score. So I feel that. That wasn't – I don't I Syracuse maybe deserved to cover, but I don't think that six-point deficit was like a true indication of the game. So I just think Clemson uh, should be more like six, honestly, in this game at Notre Dame. Yeah. I, the, it seems when you look at the line movement, there's a – very clear it's from like three to four and a half that it keeps moving. It gets to four and a half, it goes down. gets to three, it'll go back up. So I, I would probably agree with you that Clemson is probably the move here. I don't know if I would trust Notre Dame to cover that spread. Even at home, they 
they've been very untrustworthy to me as a team too. When you, you just kind of look at their whole work this season, Clemson could be could be a good play. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, let's look at some NFL games, Nate. We have some line movement in the NFL. Vikings, Commanders, uh, Minnesota's moved from minus 2.5 to minus 3.5 at uh, Washington, which makes sense. They uh, they look they look legit. They look good. And now they're going to have a tight end in TJ Hawkinson after their trade today. Um, are we uh, still trusting the Vikings now that they're uh, over a field goal favorite on the road? I'm actually not. I'm, I'm looking towards the Commanders at plus 3.5. Oh. I really do think the Vikings at 6-1, and one, just a tad overvalued. A team I was high on this year, a team I bet over eight and a half wins, and it looks like they're going to blow through that number and yep. and waltz the NFC North title and possibly a two seed just based on the landscape of the NFC for the NFC playoffs. But I think that Minnesota, at a certain point, I bet against them last week. Really, my only loss was the Cardinals plus three and a half. But I, I think I'm going to uh, go back to fading Minnesota this week, a team that I, like I said, kind of overachieved in the Washington Commanders. Just a team that the season's kind of back on after three straight wins. Taylor Heineke, clearly a better quarterback than uh, Carson Wentz, or at least a, a quarterback that the team believes in more, maybe skill level-wise even. But I think the Commanders definitely think they have a shot at making a playoff run now, and uh, I want to back them at more than a field goal underdog in the Kirk Cousins, I guess, revenge game. Back in Washington, I don't know if he's played against the uh, Washington uh, franchise since he's left. Yeah. The left, but uh, I'm sure he's, they played at least in Minnesota. But um, I'll look more into that. But I'm actually interested in the Commanders at this price. Yeah, I think the thing with the NFL that I have learned so far this year, it is very hard to trust teams that seemingly are really good and have been on a really good winning streak like the Vikings have. And I know the Commanders have looked pretty decent in the past few weeks. And as you said, they're riding three game win streak, but a lot of those games have been extremely low scoring, <laughs> and there's definitely been ways that the Commanders could have lost that game. With the Vikings, it's really been all Vikings for the past couple of weeks, and and the way the NFL has been going so far this season, you just trust no one. You you just can't <laughs> trust someone to be good for an extended period of time. So just on, based on that alone, I would definitely lean Commanders spread now that it's over three and a half, especially because they're at home. Heineke is, yeah, he's looked serviceable, which is a crazy thing to be saying, but maybe I believe in the commanders. Yeah, I mean, he was fine last year, but I just think now he has like a bit of chemistry of guys like Terry McLaurin and yep. some of those yeah, offensive that's pieces. Really good. Something that they didn't have with Carson Wentz under center. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we have the Seahawks, plus three to plus one and a half against the Cardinals, uh, which makes sense. Geno Smith has been playing lights out great. Him and Tyler Lockett look to be in lockstep, uh, and the Cardinals have looked bad. Cardinals are just simply a bad team. They're going to be at home. They're going to be a favorite at home. It's a great spot to fade the Cardinals as a favorite at home because they are, for whatever reason, terrible in the desert. 
Yeah, and that angle is what's holding me back from from not betting the Cardinals right now because I actually do have some interest in the Arizona Cardinals in this game. Even Just, since the spread has moved in the Seahawks' favor. You know, that's why I like it more because I think now we could you know, get a better price on Arizona. Yeah. Uh, I, at minus three or minus two and a half even, I, I wasn't as excited. Maybe two and a half I would have started thinking about it. But now that we're kind of getting towards one, one and a half, um, Arizona, maybe a short money line price might be a bet for me. And the reason why – Look at week six. These teams will play uh, just three weeks apart. In week six, the Cardinals, without DeAndre Hopkins, closed minus two and a half at Seattle. So not much has changed since then, in my opinion. I mean, the Arizona team probably has gotten better with Hopkins there, and obviously Seattle's getting more credit, and the defense has played better, Mm -hmm. and that defensive run that they've had kind of started that Cardinals game. But I feel like Arizona, the last gas chance to kind of salvage their season – uh, but obviously not very good home team. They also might be down multiple offensive linemen, which is what's held, held me back. But just because of the price discount, if Arizona closed minus 2.5 at Seattle three weeks ago, if I can get them less than 2.5 at home with DeAndre Hopkins, it'd have to be at least something I'm considering with the Arizona Cardinals, either spread or short money line. The Seahawks have just looked so good recently, and they've looked good at home, and the Cardinals have looked bad and this is just basic analysis for me is just how these teams have looked it's it it is going to be hard to convince me at least to put some money on the cardinals i put money on the cardinals last week as a road underdog didn't hurt didn't didn't do anything didn't yeah help. but they're down two and the and the punt a returner greg dorch muffs the punt he returns that or clean just handles it cleanly it's Maybe we might be talking yeah. about a completely different story so i know the cardinals aren't great it's really a roller coaster with cliff and kyler I never love backing a Cliff Kingsbury coach team, especially no. in the favorite role at home. You could just stop at that. I don't want to back a Cliff Kingsbury well, coach team. Road anywhere. underdog. It's been it's been profitable at least last year. This year, I guess, is a little bit of a different story. Yeah. But or I mean, this one game. But it was definitely a game they could have covered if not won against the Vikings. And I mean, that's probably one of the reasons I'm looking to bet against the Vikings. I didn't really think that they were the clearly better team against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals were unlucky not to possibly win that game. So. Uh, maybe it's a mistake and and I'm off especially since before the year I was high on the Vikings and and low on the Cardinals but I think this could be a good buy low spot on the Cardinals I really do you have any talking out games yeah something I just bet before the show because um, I saw some of the Falcon or the Chargers minus threes mm-hmm. turning into minus three and a half or juice to like minus 120 I got a minus 114 uh, minus three on the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know if I said Cardinals. So Chargers minus three. That's a bet for me this week against the Falcons. Chargers off a bye. I think the handicap here is the Falcons secondary just being super beat up. Yep. Missing their top two cornerbacks last week. And then Casey Hayward's definitely out. He's on IR. Maybe AJ Terrell comes back. But a fully rested Justin Herbert after a bye week. And I feel like the Chargers pass offense. Yeah, especially since the Falcons – I know they were the point spread darlings. Now they yep. haven't covered the last two games. They had definitely had a chance to cover last week in that crazy game against the Panthers. But I want to f- continue to fade the Falcons, and I'm going to do so uh, this week as I already did. So Chargers for me um, at minus three is definitely – I mean, I locked it in, but it's definitely uh, my – Best probably, bet for you? Yeah, pretty much best Ooh, bet. I, I guess I can... The Tuesday best bet. The rare yeah. Tuesday best bet. Yeah, so let's make that best bet. Let's go. We'll put that in the spreadsheet. It's minus 114. Hell yeah. I mean, I, minus 115, I think, is kind of the consensus. All right. I feel like this will get to three and a half unless there's 
kind of a crazy injury report for the Chargers, but you'd hope off the bye that this is kind of the the healthiest they've been in a while with Keenan Allen having a little bit more time to rest. I know Mike Williams is there, but Joshua Palmer is a capable wide receiver. So I do like the uh, the Chargers in this spot against the uh, Atlanta Falcons, who uh, could have some trouble stopping Justin Herbert's arm. I wish it was a more reliable team that the uh, Falcons were playing. Well, but Chargers will do, I guess. True, but if it was a more reliable team, this, the line, line, would, this be line would be different. Hundred yeah, percent, no, for because sure. I think the perception's low on the Chargers because of you know they lost to the Seahawks pretty badly uh, before the bye week and struggled with Russell Wilson's Broncos and. But early in the year when they played down to the wire against the Chiefs, a lot of people are like, we love this you know, Chargers team and their upside. So I think this is kind of a good buy low spot on them. Yep. Uh, also, speaking of the sheet, I just put it in our best bet sheet, but uh, you went 2-0 last week. So the podcast went 2-0. I didn't have any best bets. Right. So you are now up to 13-3, and and the show is up to 69% as a win percentage. Very good. 25-11. and Nice. We're Let's doing well. Rolling. Yeah, honestly. Got to keep these wins going. We um, – as a podcast, we haven't had a losing week since week three. Let's, Been hitting. Let's keep going. Let's November, keep going. best time of year. So there we go. Let's this keep is, doing it. Let's go perfect in, in November. Let's do it. No losses. No loss November. <laughs> Chargers minus three already. <laughs> a best bet for Nate uh, to start week 10. Uh, we got some situations of the yes. week, unless you had more NFL talking out games, but that was that was the big no, one. No, just because I actually bet it. There's definitely okay. some other ones I'm considering, but uh, I, well, like, I guess like the commanders and, and – uh, Cardinals are our two teams I'm interested in that would have been talking out, but we just broke it down in the uh, last segment. All right, so let's do situations of the week. We got a hangover game situation with UCF coming off that win against Cincinnati. They play Memphis on the road at Memphis, a 2:30 game this weekend. Uh, this is an interesting game. I, I think uh, this is a good game to kind of tab out because Central Florida has gone from minus six to now minus three and a half. Memphis is getting some of those early week bets. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. I, unfortunately, yeah, in terms of uh, taking this, because I would have loved to take Memphis at plus six, 100% taking them at plus six. But now plus three and a half, still decent because you get them over a field goal at home, but it's not as uh, lucrative as that six number. For sure, and the reasons to hang over UCF coming off a really big win against Cincinnati at home. I watched the end of it. It was a really crazy finish. And yeah. It looked like UCF was going to lose, and then they kind of came back at the end with their backup quarterback, Mikey Keene, who replaced an injured John Reese Plumley. And I think one of the reasons we've seen a line move in this game is because of the quarterback situation for the Golden Knights, where it might be Keene again instead of Plumley. So I think that's one reason why we're down from six to three and a half. But I still look in a fade. UCF off a big win the week before that Cincinnati game UCF lost to Eastern Carolina on the road so I feel like it's a very vulnerable team and they were kind of all in on last week against the Bearcats so off that big win against a Cincinnati team that was undefeated last week a Cincinnati team that only had one loss so far this year I really like the spot for Memphis on Saturday we got Louisville playing uh, in a sandwich game because Looking at their schedule, they're coming off a, a pretty big win against Wake. Uh, after you know, a lot of people thought maybe oh Wake was going to kill them. They were ranked, and maybe I was sure. one of those people that thought Wake Forest was going to cover. But Louisville ended up covering. Now they play James Madison, uh, and then they have to go on the road after that in two weeks and play Clemson. So this is kind of one of those classic sandwich games where they win as a road dog or as a home dog. Excuse me. Now they play as a home favorite against James Madison and then go on the road against Clemson. Yeah, so this time of year you're looking for things like this, especially kind of a, a – it was a blowout win against Louisville, but I don't know if you 
follow the game at all, but in the third quarter alone, Wake Forest turned the ball over six times. Yeah, that was third quarter gross. alone, two pick sixes, and obviously that helped Louisville not just win by win by margin that game. So I don't think that's sustainable, obviously not sustainable. So I think it's a little bit of a misleading final score just because of six turnovers in one half or one quarter um, to after halftime. Now you're getting J- James Madison off a of bye, a JMU team that was ranked just a few weeks ago and then have two losses before the bye week. I know they have a quarterback injury situation, so I want to monitor that. But I feel like if he's healthy, and hopefully he is with this extra time to prepare for this game against yep. a, a big school, an ACC school, JMU, this is their first season in the FBS division. We've talked about that. So this is probably a game they've had circled where they can kind of you know, put their stamp, a stamp on the season um, against a team in the Power Five. I feel like JMU is going to get – Louisville their best effort. I don't really know if Louisville's that good, honestly. No, I don't with think that so. turnover aided win. And then having Clemson yeah. just looking ahead. Not like they're gonna, you know, they're not gonna win the ACC Atlantic. That's the division they're in. But still just kind of an extra thing to build a case for JMU this week. Yeah, North Carolina is the other sandwich game. They play at Virginia this weekend. They're seven, seven and a half point favorites. It's kind of hovering around that half point mark uh, at seven. But they go on the road to Wake Forest next week and they're coming off a win against pittsburgh last weekend yeah so just kind of a big win against pitt you're probably going to win the ac coastal because they won that game have the tiebreaker over pitt who's one of their biggest rivals and then next week coasting they're action. playing wake forest which is in a different division but it's always one of the biggest games on north carolina's football schedule a rivalry game local rivalry for the tar heels so now they have to go to virginia and virginia obviously uh a team I don't really respect, a team that's not good. Defensively, they have played better, but Tony Elliott's offense has been absolutely horrible for UVA and kind of ruining Brennan Armstrong's season because he was a quarterback mm-hmm. last year who I had a lot of you know respect for and thought he was really good. Uh, maybe it's more the offense, especially seeing what uh, Clemson is without Tony Elliott as the offensive coordinator. But this line opened 11 out of some places, 9.5 more at Sportsbooks we can bet at. So I think there's a reason why this line is kind of trending towards Virginia, a team that I'm a little bit scared to bet. But I think situationally, North Carolina is in a really tough spot, knowing they probably have the AC Coastal locked up and have a huge game against Wake Forest that they might have an eye towards and not be focusing on this game in Charlottesville. Yeah, I would love for that line to get to 6.5 because I would hammer North Carolina. I just don't see Virginia being able to keep up. I mean, I when I saw that four-overtime no. score at 14-12, oh, four overtimes and it's 14-12, oh, to 12, are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I watched that game, Against part Miami. of that game, because I bet Miami minus two and a half. And <laughs> oh, I'm when, so sorry. When I watched Mario Cristobal just, like, obviously settling for field goals yeah, and overtime, they in their so the reason why it was 14-12 is because the new college overtime rule after the third – or after the second overtime, it's just alternating two-point conversions. So they had – each team had four possess, or two possessions in overtime – Neither picked up a first down. They even like try to pick up a first down. They just kicked field goals. Like they were like almost preparing. It was honestly reminded me of a soccer game when it's like teams are tired and they're just passing around the back, just playing for penalty kicks because they know they don't want to make a mistake. And that's exactly what happened. And boy, I was dead wrong about Miami this year. And I mean, that's what I get for believing in a Mario Cristobal team to have any success (laughs) on the field. And I was thinking earlier. 
look what Oregon's doing I was without him say, as the head coach. So driving. he's recruited a great team at Oregon, and now like some real coaches are actually coaching up that talent. Yeah, I don't want to get sidetracked too much. No, I just the thing uh, is, I Miami mean, Miami football ranch. watching. Well, yeah, they they deserve. <laughs> they're horrible against the spread. I know, they're a horrible team. Yes, and I think you see that against Virginia, where they couldn't even cover the spread against Virginia. Because yes. neither of the team could score, well, and Virginia couldn't yes. score. Virginia was Virginia was underdog two weeks ago to Georgia Tech. Yeah, they and scored George- six points in regulation. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I I know the situation really favors Virginia in this, and they're going to be at home, so maybe that'll help. Right. The total's fifty nine too. That's yeah. high. That's, well, uh, well, North high. Carolina can put up points, and their defense is bad. So yes. I I get that. Um. Yeah, let's. It's a weird team. Yeah, I'd love to bet Virginia, but I just don't have any faith in them. Speaking of bad beats, TCU's our look ahead team. <laughs> I had West Virginia plus seven and a half, and I did too, man. Uh, that was probably one <laughs> of the worst bad beats I've experienced in quite a while. With TCU scoring a touchdown to go ahead ten with twelve seconds left, something like that. Uh, that was horrible. That was a gut wrenching way to lose West Virginia plus seven and a half. But TCU's looking ahead this week. They've got uh, Texas Tech at home, and then they play Texas next week at night game on the road. So this could have also been, I guess, not a hangover, but I think TCU would have been featured in the hangover section last week just because they had so many big games in a row, and then a trip to Morgantown could have been tough. Yeah. So now playing Texas Tech, a team who got a lot of betting support against Baylor last week and actually closed almost a field goal favorite at home, and, and they got blown out. So... I feel like this could be a good week that after Texas Tech had a poor performance, you kind of can go back to them against a TCU team that's 8-0 and now. They're going to be ranked high in the college football playoff ranking, so kind of a lot of hype, a target on their back for Sonny Dykes' team. And then they have some big games coming up if they want to continue to you know, have a shot, I guess, at the college football playoff. But first they have to get by Texas Tech and cover a big number. Obviously they have the offense to do so, but I feel like Texas Tech's offense can have success against TCU's defense. And if it's late in the game, maybe TCU starting to think about that trip to Austin against the big brother of the state. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the handicap there. Probably won't have a big bet against TCU because I've opposed them last no. two weeks and lost, and they've kind of burned me. I keep thinking they're gonna st- they're gonna slip up. I and mean, they haven't slipped they up. They almost slipped up. They should have the last two weeks. <laughs> I mean, if the backup quarterback just stays healthy for Kansas State, they might lose that game. And then yeah, last then week they should have. West Virginia should have probably covered. Although TCU's offense was absolutely wild yeah, in the first half i think they had uh 13 yards per play so yeah, it's a real insane. the offense is real i just kind of question the uh the whole team as a, as a whole and and that defense might let them down in some spots going uh in november thursday night football going to be a gross game Nate, it's gonna be eagles at the texans lines at eagles minus 13 that totals at 45 um i, I don't I could probably be convinced to do Eagles minus 13 just because the Texans have been, oh, so bad this season. But I'm just going to probably go with what I went with the Eagles for a couple weeks ago. That's going to be Eagles first half, whether it's six and a half, seven and a half. I don't really care. The Eagles are going to be able to cover in the first half. They are the best, if not one of the best first half teams in the NFL. They get out of the gate to a really quick start. They're really good in the first quarter. I love the Eagles first half against the Texans in this one, even though it's on the road. And I could probably be convinced to take Eagles full game of minus 13. Yeah, and actually right before we started recording, it went to 14 or 13 and a half across the board. So a wave of money on Philadelphia. The look-ahead line was this game was minus 9. 
Jeez. So it's quite an adjustment, but honestly warranted because the Texans were lifeless against Malik Willis and the Titans. Obviously, Willis did not have a great passing day at all, but they yeah. could not stop Derrick Henry. What do the Eagles like to do? They like to establish the run with Jalen Hurts or their stable of running back. So kind of a horrible matchup. And I probably won't even watch this game because I'll be watching the other <laughs> the other uh, sporting event that night between a Philadelphia and Houston team and the World <laughs> Series Game Five, that is which actually that was spo- that was supposed to be the this was supposed to be the off day between Game Five and Six because Monday's Game Three got postponed today. Um, everything got pushed back, so I don't even think people in uh, Philadelphia are going to be watching this game. They'll be focused well, in on the World Series. Or Houston, yeah, right. Um, and yeah, in Houston, they weren't watching the Texans anyway. So, yeah, they don't really care. There's uh, going to be two people at this game. Yeah, it's, and, and honestly, it might be Philly fans already booked their tickets thinking this would be the off day and they could go watch the World Series <laughs> game six and seven. So could be some awkward times where just those fans like watching. Hopefully they have on yeah. the video board just the, the World Series going because that's what the people at that game probably care more about. So, yeah. yeah, I don't have much on this game, but just something to note that this look-ahead line um, has drastically changed from 9 to 14, which you don't usually see in the NFL unless there's some sort of injury. And in this case, it's just the uh, tra- trajectory of both teams. Yeah, I, I like Eagles minus 7 first half. Um, the best, the number I'm looking at is minus 115. If you can get it at minus 110 at some point, I think that's good. I'm fine with minus yeah. 115. But if I'm making any play in this game, it's going to be Eagles first half just because yeah. of how good they've been against the spread in the first half this season and if you like that i'd get the get the minus sevens now before that gets to seven and a half on game day yeah right absolutely um all right so those are thursday night talk uh we went through a lot of these line movements we're gonna have all our bets on thursday really excited about that we'll be putting some videos out as well i'm gonna have best bets again because i can't go two weeks without best bets that's unacceptable behavior so i'm gonna have some best bets for everyone this weekend Uh, but until then we'll uh we'll see you on thursday and uh good luck